crazy that Trump's going to be in court literally this morning? Like I said the other day, welcome to 2023, everybody. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about Trump in this episode, so if you're not interested in him, woohoo, great Woo! for you. You can listen to this episode without fear. Nice. But if you are into the yarn of a former US president in court, we will be dropping a bonus episode later today all about that as well. So don't you worry. There will be content if you want it. It's going to be a goodie. It will. But uh, to our Trump-free podcast <laughs> for today, kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Amir. And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. He's Thor, but he's also human. The magic of movies, huh? But Chris Hemsworth is stepping back from being a superstar after finding out he has higher than normal risk of developing Alzheimer's. So when should and shouldn't you get medical tests like that? It's also Jacinda Ardern's last day in Parliament. What to expect and what legacy she leaves behind. Do you know how to brush your teeth? Spoiler alert, you don't. We'll explain why and why you shouldn't be doing it in the shower. And when April Fool's Day pranks go bad. Real bad. We have one of the worst corporate examples ever in the history of time, I believe, uh, for you coming up later on. We've got all of that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Chris Hemsworth, great actor. Great actor. Great personality as well, I think. Mm. That's what he shines for, the personality. In the abs. Oh, I wasn't going to bring them up. Um, <laughs> that was a, you said that, not me. <laughs> great abs, yes. But abs we might not be seeing for much longer uh, or, or anytime soon. Um, last year, Chris Hemsworth had a genetic test for a TV show which revealed he is at significantly higher risk of developing Alzheimer's disease than most of the population. And as a response, Hemsworth reportedly plans to cut back on the amount of work he's going to be taking on. But this raised some interesting questions for us. You know, how do these tests actually work and should people actually be doing them. So joining us now to discuss some of these is uh, neurologist Dr. Kitty Brickle. Uh, Kitty, kia ora, welcome to the show. Kia ora. Can you, first of all, maybe just give us a bit of a layman's description of how this test actually kind of works and what being more at risk of developing Alzheimer's actually means? It's uh, more complicated than you actually give it credit for, because one of the things you have to realise is there are susceptibility genes which increase your risk and they're causative genes that cause the disease. And the gene that uh, Chris was tested for is a susceptibility factor. So all that does is increase your risk. It doesn't mean you're going to develop the disease. If you have a family history of Alzheimer's, should you be getting tests like the ones Hemsworth has, has done? What are the ethical considerations when it comes to things like this? Oh, it's a can of worms, an absolute can of worms. Um, I remember when I was doing neurogenetics in America, we spent more time talking people out of getting genetic tests than ever getting them because a genetic test has ramifications just outside of you. It affects your entire whanau. And also, um, depending on what the test is, it may not actually affect your life in any way, shape or form but it may cause so much distress that it's actually really, really detrimental. If you do find out that you 
are at higher risk of developing Alzheimer's or you do have a family history, are there things that you can do to, um, I guess, mitigate the chance of developing Alzheimer's? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it starts really, um, I think, in gestation in early childhood because education is a risk factor or port low education, loneliness, high blood pressure, head injuries, smoking, obesity, nutrition, um, diabetes, the list goes on. There's this wonderful article that I would recommend everyone read, um, written by the La- uh, Livingston and Lancet Dementia Con- uh, Prevention 2020. It goes through the 12 modifiable lifestyle factors that can decrease your risk by 40%. And they're all doable. Kitty Rickle, thanks very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, it's a big old day down at Parliament today. Jacinda Ardern is officially saying goodbye and will be delivering her valedictory speech later this afternoon, 14 years after making her maiden speech. The former Prime Minister faced many a hurdle, many an issue, many a crisis and many a question while being leader and here to talk to us about the legacy she leaves behind is former staff political editor but now current editor of the Sunday Star Times, Tracy Watkins. Tracy, kia ora. Kia ora. Tracy, what will... Uh, Jacinda Ardern's legacy be? No, this is the question. I was thinking about it after you asked me about this out in the office. It's such a tough one. And I had to go to a few people and say, what are the positives? And it's so hard because the big legacy is COVID and and it's almost like the aftermath of it, which is uh, more polarisation in society. And, you know, we're now having the, the downstream effects, the economy, the inflation, all those things. But, okay, so what's her legacy? I think the positives we can say that she absolutely put the spotlight on New Zealand values. You know, after the mosque uh, shootings, um, her, and it, it almost sounds like a cliche now because people keep going over it, but she, her response to that was uh, fated around the world. But it wasn't just because of her. I think what that did was it did put the spotlight on us as a society and what we value and what our values are, and that was a good thing. In COVID as well, and I think, you know, we can look at it now and see the greater sort of social dislocation, if you like. But at the time, for a very long time, the wheels stayed on in New Zealand while they came off in the rest of the world. And so we had a very long time of uh, stability and I think by any international measure, the death rates and uh, the economic fallout was not as severe here as it was around the world. So that is, you know, that is something for her to count as her legacy. I think also just the spotlight she put on young women uh, and mums in power in office, that was such a huge thing. Now, the things she might have wanted to be remembered for are uh, child poverty, which she had very high aspirations for. She never delivered on. Mm. I think there's been some improvement by the latest figures, but not much. Climate change. Well, I think, you know, there's so many critics would say there's been nothing achieved in those areas. So the things she'd want to be remembered for, she will not be. Do you think it'll come as a relief, stepping away from pol- from politics? I mean, do you find that among ex-politicians, people who wielded a lot of, of power that... Oh, most of them, most of them just like, you know, say, uh, you know, you know, prime ministers are probably different, um, but because, you know, that's, that's an extraordinary job. And, but, but for most politicians, I think most of them say, oh God, you know, the relief of getting out of that place and realising that, that life can go on. Tracy Watkins, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Kia ora Aotearoa and welcome to The Big Stuff Quiz. I'm your host, Imogen Wells, alongside my assistant, the wonderful 
Chris Reid. Hello, everyone. Each week, we'll release a new episode to test your wits with two rounds of ten questions. One potluck round and another that's very loosely themed. A bit tangential, even. Such a good word. If you think you're up for the challenge, go and follow our show on your favourite podcast platform, The Big Stuff Quiz, is out now. The Big Stuff Quiz is proudly brought to you by Melbourne. Every bit different. Imogen Wells, give me please your best time-saving life hack. This one's actually a stupid one um, (laughs) because there's an easy solution to it. I have two drink bottles at work and then I fill both of them up so that I have two drink bottles worth of water on my desk. Really, I should just get a bigger drink bottle, but that's my time saver. Instead of walking to and from the kitchen multiple times a day, I just fill up two drink bottles. Okay, nice. (laughs) That is your best time-saving life hack. Gee whiz. I'm so efficient anyway. Like, you're just, you're, you know, you're nitpicking here. Hit up Newsable for, you know, to, to guide you, to stagger your way through life, optimising every season. What do you, what do you, okay. All right. What do you got? Well, my one, my one used to be to brush your teeth in the shower. Oh, no. I already know this is a bad idea. And you are right. All of my sensibilities here have been offended uh, after I read about a dental surgeon in New York saying, Stop! Whoa. Do not do this. Uh, do you have any idea how filthy your shower is? Do you know how bad hot water is for your toothbrush? You idiot! Stop it. Did we really want to shatter everyone's hopes and dreams like that? <laughs> we wanted to learn a bit more about this, uh, didn't we, Emma? So we gave Mo Amsoakal. Mo is the chief executive of the Dental Association. Mo, kia ora. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Right. So, Mo, is it a bad idea for me to brush my teeth in the shower? Because I like doing it and it's very convenient. Uh, well, look, this seems to have divided people across the world. <laughs> um, we're going to be pragmatic and say... If this fits around your day and you're aware of how to do it well and how to manage um, keeping your toothbrush clean, then go for it. We'd rather have people brushing their teeth than not. Mo, the the fundamental issue in in this is, um, you know, that showers are not self-cleaning. They are, in fact, not particularly clean places. Uh, You also mentioned earlier, you know, um, practicing good toothbrush hygiene and keeping your toothbrush clean. How do you keep a toothbrush clean? Toothbrushes are often kept in bathrooms, and some people's bathrooms have toilets. Um, Keeping your toilet lid closed when you flush is a good idea um, to make sure that there's no splatter around the bathroom because the smaller the bathroom, the more likely you are to have splatter. But in general, if you're keeping your toothbrush on your bathroom sink, uh, a quick rinse under cold water afterwards and just a quick flick to make sure it's as dry as possible is a good idea. Um, If you're, for whatever reason, brushing your teeth in the shower, then also just a quick wash under the shower head and then putting it somewhere where it can dry. You run into trouble if you're keeping your toothbrush somewhere moist or humid where it's not drying up. Gee, this is it's such a fascinating area, isn't it? Because no, as I said before, no one really teaches you how to brush your teeth. Um, and I suppose it's a pretty intuitive thing, but actually maybe it's not really that intuitive a thing. So, I you're mean... absolutely right. Yeah. Like, give, give me, as a concluding question here, wh- what are the... 
mistakes that you see people making most often or or the 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 points that you are emphasizing with adults who come in there who maybe don't have the best toothbrushing technique give us toothbrushing 101 mo that's what i'm asking toothbrushing for. 101 okay well i'll give it to you as i was taught it at the dental school and would you believe every student who graduates actually gets a lecture on toothbrushing and technique uh, number one toothbrush pick a soft toothbrush we always say anything that's medium or hard, although it's often understood to be better cleaning is a myth. You only want soft or ultra soft. Anything above that in terms of coarseness is only good for cleaning the toilet. Don't put it anywhere near your teeth. Number two, circular motion. So when you've got your bristles from your toothbrush pointing against your teeth, move your arm in circular motion. So move your hand in circular motion. So circular motion is proven to be better at removing plaque and cleaning teeth. Um, and when you've got those bristles pointing at your teeth, try to tilt them if it's at your top teeth, tilt them slightly upwards, so pointing more at the gums. And if you're brushing your bottom teeth, tilt them slightly towards the, um, the bottom. So they're pointing towards your bottom gums. Um, and the duration also is very important. So do not rush the process. We always talk about singing happy birthday. You know, most people remember from COVID times, we talked about washing your hands and singing happy birthday twice. With your teeth, you probably want to sing it five times. Five <laughs> times? <laughs> I can't, sure. Okay. But if we're talking about two minutes, and two minutes does seem to be such a long time, but it does take a good amount of time to clean your teeth well. Uh, electric toothbrushes, they are better at cleaning plaque. So if you can afford to, and these days you can buy them for as little as 25 bucks or so from some chemists, um, that's definitely recommended. And some of them actually vibrate at the two-minute mark, so you don't have to worry about counting or singing happy birthday. But that's another practical tip. Last point, with toothpaste, make sure it's got fluoride. If it doesn't have fluoride, don't bother. It's just a waste of your time. I'm 31 years old. I didn't know some of that. Uh, no, that was great. My answer from the Dental Association. Thank you very much for that. Really appreciate it. I don't know about you, but I definitely don't think I'm brushing my teeth for two minutes at a time. I don't know why. I don't know why I whisper when I say things like that as well. Like the microphone's picking me up, Imogen. You may as well shout it from the hills. It's because you worry that Mo can hear you and it'll tell you off. That's why. Uh, we want to know. Do you guys brush your teeth in the shower? Or or what are your best time-saving hacks? Head to our Instagram page. You can find us at NewsableNZ or flick us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz. Did you see the Royal Mail in the UK's terrible, I can't emphasise this enough, <laughs> terrible April Fool's Day gag? It is probably the worst taste I've ever seen. I I. I I almost thought that this was an April Fool's Day, like yeah, a double, a double exactly. April Fool's day. Most modern April Fool's. Uh, yeah. So let's do an April Fool's that is in such bad taste that people will find it amusing because obviously nobody would ever do this. No, but it, yeah. spoiler alert: it was real. Uh, yeah. The manager of one of the Royal Mail's delivery offices, the one in Gloucester North, if you're familiar with the old map of England, um, the manager put a poster up saying staff would be getting an 11% pay rise and they'd be backdating that to April 2022. And it was a total lie. Joke slash lie. Bearing in mind that Royal Mail workers have been striking for months over pay. <laughs> oh, my 
I actually can't believe I can't believe I'm saying these words. So of course there is no pay rise because the poster was an April Fool's Day gag. Yeah, the Royal Mail quite rightly has been dragged over the coals for this, and uh, it's had to apologise for the quote misjudged joke. I think uh, comms manager may have come up with that word, yeah. Um, And the manager who put it up has also apologised. How does anyone think that that's going to be a good idea? They're not even reading the room wrong. They're just not even reading. And actually, to be honest, April Fool's jokes, while they can sometimes be fun. (sighs) Oh, they're just, they're, they're quirky, you know, like, shut up. Not interested. I mean, the only thing I like on that day is pinching a punch for the first of the month. But that's, you know, let's finish it there. You're a huge fan of that, aren't you? Yeah. Anyway, that is Newsville for today. I'm Emil Donovan. And I'm Imogen Wells. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on your favourite podcast player and leave us a rating and review. It helps other listeners discover the show and we'd really, really appreciate it. Even better, if you know someone who would also enjoy this podcast, as you do, undoubtedly, please do share it with them. Uh, spread the word. And you can also follow us on lots of other social media channels, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, just search up at MusicalNZ. Have a great day. Bye. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz support.